Good morning, everyone. Um, so glad to be together on this uh, rather chilly morning. We've had an interesting couple of days. Uh, actually, this whole week's been very different. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, I hadn't planned on this, but the things I've been studying, uh, the topics of snow and ice, were in, in one of the passages, and I've never really felt led to study snow or ice, and I didn't in this teaching either. It just happened to show up as I was looking last night studying, which is really cool. Um, so, at any rate, um, this morning I want to look at a lot of things in Scripture that is centered around um, where our affections should be. And uh, what started me in this thinking is uh, a few weeks ago I was on a business trip in California okay you should automatically flares should start going up thinking oh my goodness not God goodness and I was there all week Sunday through uh, Friday so had plenty of time to be there and um, for those of you that know the, the new job I've been doing the last couple of years, I've uh, been going into um, county, state, and federal penitentiaries all over the United States, teaching and, 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 and training and providing all sorts of technology to um, inmates, offenders, incarcerated people. It's, it's, it's the political correct way of calling them what they are they're criminals okay basically but i mean but that's the just saying that that's how you one site says we call them offenders the other's like no 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 uh, incarcerated um individuals or and then these are inmates so it's like huh what and so you've got this political i mean you break the law you're if i did it i would be a criminal right if i'm locked up i'm so I know it's it's crazy how all of this demonic stuff is just trying to infiltrate every part of society. I mean, it's a, trying to get in the church, um, every every part of government, uh, local, state, federal, and it is absolutely just sickening. And while I was there in California. And I have to tell you, this was just in my face continually. And this is something that you've all heard. It's in the media. And we're going to address, and I feel I felt directed to study this. So it wasn't like, oh, I encountered this. I'm going to go study it. I, I don't want to study things that involve vile affections and things like that that are in the Scripture. But... The Lord just gonna let me down this pathway, and He said, "I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna let you experience this, and it's gonna be in your face, like two feet from my face, over and over, repeatedly." So all throughout that week, as I was training in these pods, murderers, um, they're of all types, and I'm, I'm they're like this far away from me. Of course, I've got security guards around me and things of that sort. Um, it seemed like one out of every three individuals that came up to me was a transgender person. I am serious. 
and it just you can imagine internally <laughs> what how the spirit of god within me was just I, I it was all i could do to and i had to do it. i had to i couldn't get up and leave i couldn't run i couldn't say this is not part of my belief system i had to sit there and endure that and you can imagine the evil forces that were present let's just let's just call it that <laughs> and what's what's even stranger about this is that these individuals that want to change their natural use into something that God never intended it to be the taxpayers in that state are paying for it and they these they don't have to pay a dime it's free okay and and that just that that infuriates me i'm thinking if they if they want to do this People can do whatever they want to, okay? They can. We can choose what we want to do. We chose this morning to come here, right? We have choices, all of us. And if they choose to do that, why? I'm not even in California, and it just infuriated me to think. I said, how can, you know, and then, and then you go and you try to pump gas, and it's all five, 505 a gallon. Yeah, exactly. 309 is nothing compared to what they pay out there. And so, and then you go into the grocery stores, and you think prices here are bad. You go there, and they're like double. And I'm like, why would anyone? I'm just saying this. Want to live there? You, you, you would have to be called by the Lord to make it in that state. I'm serious. And I was just in um, close to the. I was in Folsom, California, is where we were staying at the Hilton Garden Inn. But I cannot for the life of me think about how they've got plummeted so far into the depths of and then the the government many years ago several years ago was like wanting handouts to bail out right no look at what you're doing with the money you're squandering it you're not using it and, I, and i'm really upset i'm really angered by this and it, it it touches our state somewhat not near to that degree thank god but you've got all of this all of this information and all this where are these ideas and where's all this coming from what is the true source we know the true source source is satan followed by the, the the demonic structure the principalities and they fuel all of this stuff into these cities they do uh, and some of it's human but but the source of all of it is demonic it's satanic and I, I I can't begin to tell you. It, it just I'm I'm I'll share one instance here that and I'm not trying to and, and it leads into this. <laughs> Trust me, it does. I had a and I can't even even saying this is just grotesque. A unique couple sitting in front of me that I was training how to use one of our tablets. I say unique couple because you had an African-American guy that had been, he told me first thing that came out of his mouth, I've been here 43 years. I'm like, okay, great conversation starter. <laughs> Not really, but that's how they talk to you. One guy said, hey, I killed this dude in, in the prison. That's why I'm here and I, I, I can't get out. I'm in locked up 24-7. Okay, great conversation starter, right? <laughs> it's like, can you shut your door there? Um, a little latch, you know, look in. <laughs> And 
So this African-American guy's here, and all of a sudden there's this transgender, white, I don't know, he, she, it, whatever, you know, all those pronouns and their craziness that's going on. God said he made male and female. That is it. End of discussion. If you call yourself a Christian or you call yourself a saint, that's the end of the story. You can tell me, well, you know, this, you know, this person was born. <laughs> People change their natural use, according to Romans 1. And we're going to look at that together along with a whole host of other verses that surround this, this, this topic of where our affection should be. Now, this is not necessarily going to be a defining of what the word affections mean, although we're going to look at it. It's something that's inward. It has to do with the inward passions that we have towards something or a person. or It's inward. And you being here this morning tells me you have a passion to hear what the Lord is saying, what he's teaching, and not that anybody else doesn't. Some are sick this morning, but you get the point. Our passion is revealed by the things we do and the things we say, and they better be in alignment. And if they're not, Washington, people are going to know the difference. I mean, really. So many people just, they're so wishy-washy. I mean, they say this, and then they turn around and do this. Something's missing there. Your classic example is, I heard one re someone recently that is a leader in California on the media, he says this, but then when, he, when he's not in front of the camera, he does something totally different. So that's what I'm saying is, People recognize we're not idiots like a lot of politicians think we are. I think of the American people, and this I'm getting kind of political here, but we all have common sense, and that's where a lot of people are they're lacking. They have none. It's out the door. There's nothing common about it. <laughs> it's, it's really rooted in, in, in satanic thought, really, and people have got to realize that. And I think whenever they are presented with the truth, they're going to have a choice to accept the truth and turn from their wicked way, or they're going to continue down the wicked way, and it's going to get worse and worse, and then they're going to become reprobate in their thinking. And once you get there, it's hard to get out of that. God can do anything. Don't get me wrong. But once you start down that pathway where you've got this reprobate thinking going on that's so twisted and it's so vile, it's hard to break away from that. And so that's kind of the backdrop as we go into this topic about affections. Now, we're also going to look at it from a positive standpoint, too, not just the negative. Uh, so the first one, as I, what I started doing was I just typed in affection, started looking in the Old Testament, New Testament. I knew a few in, in the New Testament that I, I needed to focus on, but I wanted to see what was in the Old. And... If you type in affection or affections in the Old Covenant, it's used over 50 times, and most of the usages are translated as like something that's being accepted. But there's a few cases where the word affection is used, and the word that's used primarily is rasa. And the first instance that really stood out to me was, was this example of David. How interesting is this? As we, uh, let's read this together. 
And this involves the building of the house of Elohim. In 1 Chronicles 29, verses 1 through 3, it says, Furthermore, David the king said to all of the congregation, Solomon, Solomon, my son, whom alone Elohim has chosen. Now, let's stop there just for a second. When we say God's ways are not our ways, this is another example of this. God foreknew that Solomon was going to intermarry with strange wives, right? God knows everything. Why did he choose this guy? <laughs> That's one of those theological questions. I don't think we're any, I mean, we could, we could conjecture and, and, you know, but it's, it just goes against every logical explanation. If you know something in advance about someone else humanly, what are we, t what are we prone to do? They have nothing to do with them, right? That's kind of the way our, hu our fallen human nature is. But God's divine nature, he doesn't think that way. He knows things in advance, and yet he still chooses people like Solomon. That's just, that's just mind-boggling to me. And he said, not only have I chosen, but he said he's young and tender. Okay, that's the next uh, latest episode. Instead of young and restless, it's the young and tender. Maybe that's a good class or of sorts that... <laughs> the young and tender and the work is great for the palace is not for man interesting term now if you look at palace it, it means that but it can also mean a castle so this building or this structure this massive structure was not going to be made for man but for who Yahweh Elohim so it was it was it was being built as a physical structure for the plan of God in combination with the heart of God to be known. Wow, that's us. That's what he's establishing here, right? He's establishing and rebuilding the tabernacle of who? David. And so you see that correlation here with the plan the heart of God, even in the Old Testament here. I just think that's really, really, really key for us is to, is to remember what God is building and who's doing the building. Yes, we're partners with him. But we don't build unless he says build. We don't declare unless he says speak, right? So everything we do and, and the training we've received is built around Yahweh and Elohim and, and all the other names, of course. But those are the two prominent ones. And pastors written the book on it. Uh, that's who we are. That's who God is. And then he says in verse 2, David, now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my Elohim, the gold for the things made of gold, silver for the things of silver, brass for the things of brass, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistering stones, and divers colors, and all manner of precious stones, and marbles in abundance. So this thing that God was asking David to, to prepare David knew his part in the process. Yes, he wanted to actually build this thing, but his job, his assignment was to do what? To prepare, to bring all of this provision together, and then he was going to pass it off to the next person to build the house. Even though in his heart, we know the Scripture says, he wanted to do that, but God said, no, I've, I've selected somebody else to do that. 
Even though I know he's going to go after strange women, intermarry, he's going to be, he's going to make make mistakes and be. But that's that's how we we, we view this, and it says here that that was done in abundance, and I mean abundance is just that. It's a it's it's a it's a massive overflow, a massive overflow, and then he says in verse three, David, and remember, David is declaring this over all the congregation, the people there that are listening he says moreover because i have set my affection there's our term rasa and it means to be to pleased with to be pleased with something or it can also refer to be a, a to the satis, satisfying of a debt oh my god we've all felt the relief of that right that feeling you get is kind of the picture that that that, that is here in this term affection uh, uh with rasa he set his affection to what the house of Elohim. That's where our affection should always be is on the heart of God. Right there. That's it. Right there. On nothing else. Now, it doesn't mean we're not challenged by other things. We are. We're human. But we still come back to this is where we need to be focused on. Building the house of Elohim. And he says, and I have of mine own power good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of Elohim over and above all that I prepared for the holy house. So he, he attaches the, the saintly part of the house too. It's not only the heart of God, but it's a, it's a house that's going to, it's focused on the holiness or the saintliness of, of who God is. Interesting, isn't it? It's all here. I mean, we've just started on one little passage, and we could really spend the rest of the time here. Now, I encourage you to go back and read the whole chapter here because it is packed. If you keep reading, and I put in parentheses here, uh, in verse 17, Rasa is mentioned again, but it, it refers to having pleasure in uprightness uprightness, and, and it's the word uh, Yashur, and it's from Yashar, which means. Uh, the straight or things that are even, nothing that's kind of, uh, it's not twisted. So when he talks about being, taking pleasure in that, he's talking about, he doesn't, God doesn't take pleasure in anything that's twisted. He's, he, he takes great pleasure, rasa, and he delights in things that are straight. So all these people that are confused and they think they are, they are, they're men and they need to be women, they have lost their ever-loving mind. I'm telling you. They, it's gone. It's beyond reprobate. And it's sad. It is so sad. And that's just one area here. We could go on and on and, and apply it in so many ways. But we have a responsibility as intercessors to speak the truth in the agape out of a passionate love for the Lord and what he's sharing you can speak that, and it, it will impact the spirit realm around us and people. We have to speak. Do not close your mouth. Wherever you're at, speak truth to your neighbor. Speak truth to politicians. Speak truth all, all over. We need to release truth everywhere because that's what's going to bring what? Freedom. And, but there's always this tendency. We all feel it to, well, I don't know if I should say anything. You know, when in doubt, speak out. Simple. 
And if God closes your mouth like he did Ezekiel, and he said, Ezekiel, I want you to do this unique demonstrations to show my people how far they've, they've strayed away from me. If he tells you not to speak, don't speak. I'm, but I'm saying most of the time, God wants his truth released. He doesn't want us to give it to pigs and swine and those that aren't ready for it. But don't use that as a cop-out to not speak truth wherever you're at. You can speak truth in an email if you don't like to speak. <laughs> There's different ways to do it. Everything we do and say is truth related. It, it just it fascinates me. Uh, every time something like this comes, it just there is an overwhelming uh, joy that just rises up from hearing the bridegroom's voice. Right? That's 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 part of our calling. You guys know how this feels. This this is the the most pleasurable thing that we can do. Nothing compares. So with that in mind. We're going to keep moving forward. Now, one thing that I do want to mention, too, about this, this 1 Chronicles 29, 17. All throughout this, David talks about bringing provision. He talks about individuals coming alongside and offering things willingly to build the house of Elohim. Willingly. And the word for willingly here means there was, a, they were in, there was an impelling feeling that caused them to want to volunteer and and in some cases it was like a soldier depending on where you read it in the scripture but they were willing to present things spontaneously you didn't have to come to them 15 times and say hey honey we need your money we need your money to do this to do no no these people they were impelled there was something inward that they knew this is where our funding needed to go we don't have to we don't have to badger people we've never done that from the top all the way down. You provide spiritual value like this, and people are going to recognize it. And if they're a part of it, they're going to give willingly because they know this is where I need to put my money. And I'm just focusing on money. This is where I need to put my time. This is where I need to sow my effort. This is where I need to put all of my energy. Does this make sense? We still work. We work. We do our day-to-day -day routine, whatever we do. But as we're doing that, we should be thinking on and having our affections on the building of the house of Elohim, focusing on Yahweh, speaking truth to our neighbor, all of the above, everywhere we go. It should be just a part of who we are. It is a part of who all of us are in this room. And anybody that's associated with this, this ministry and this network, it's the greatest ministry on earth. I'm just going to say it. It is because, because it's coming from the right hand. The highest hand, the highest thrones released this to us. Now, there's other verses I didn't, uh, or passages, I didn't pull, bring in anything that had the word accepted to it because it was like accepting um, offerings and things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but here's another one that really stood out to me, and it involves the rasa pleasure in those who fear Yahweh. In Psalm 147, uh, this is verses 7 through 20. We're going to look at all of these. Sing unto Yahweh. I do that all the time. You do too. <laughs> and then he said, how do we do it? Well, you got to add some thanksgiving in there. And then he says, sing praise. How do we do that? Upon the harp unto Elohim. Very interesting. You know, some... Some people, and this is very basic, I, I just, I can't, 
anytime I see something in the scripture that, that totally just obliterates a, a, a thought that somebody, oh, well, we shouldn't have any musical instruments in the church. Or blah, blah, blah. What do you do with this? Oh, that's old covenant. What do you do with the principle of it? What's the principle? Some people can't see the principle of anything. All they see is OT, 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 and that's it. Oh, we're in the New Testament. We're under grace, right? You really don't have an understanding of the New Testament without the Old Testament, okay? Really, and that comes from, I don't mean to be, I'm not being sounding prideful or haughty here, but a lot of people that have not had the, the opportunity to study in colleges and stuff, you find out how it's so imperative. Well, you can even read the scripture alone, and it says, without a true understanding of the old covenant, we don't have a, a real understanding of the new. Because a lot of it is types and shadows in the Old Testament that point to the fulfillment of what Jesus did for all of us, right? So you can't throw the Old Testament out. You cannot. We don't live under the law, but we learn from the law. And that's one of these instances here. So anytime you feel the urge to sing upon the harp, go for it. You know, I don't have a harp in my home, but what's that song? <laughs> a harp in my home. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Prosh, yeah, Kevin Prosh. I've got a harp in my heart. That's what he sings about, right? Uh, verse 8. Who covers the heaven with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow upon the mountains. He gives to the beast his food and to the young ravens which cry. Here's an instance where he says he delights not. He delights not. This is a different word, but it has the same type of a meaning. He's not inclined to, nor is he pleased with or have the desire and the strength of the horse. He does not take rasa in the legs of man. I just had to laugh when I <laughs> I had I, I, it was one of those ROF uh, roll on the floor laughing moments at home when I was reading. I'm like, did I read this correctly? The the legs would represent a lot of different things, but it is still kind of funny. And I'm glad he doesn't because some don't have much at all. They got toothpicks per legs, you know, and some have more meat on their bones there. And uh, it's just really funny. I, I've read Psalms through a bunch of times, but I've never really seen that there um the lord yahweh takes rasa though in them that fear him and that hope in his mercy has said there's there's the insights there of what he's he he is those that fear him and that that hope in the mercy and i'm not going to teach on that because pastor's already done that but i wanted us to see the connection with he takes great rasa in those that are uh fearing his 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 plan his plan not a program not a church not a not a big name ministry and it has 50,000 people or mega churches no he says those that fear the plan of Yahweh what some people might go well what is the plan man you've been in you've been in the church for how many years and you don't know the plan don't you know that when you I've heard I've heard people quote a thousand times God knows the plan I know the plans I have okay you said you don't know the plan but you quote this verse here so what's up you see I mean people do this all it's not about quoting it's not about memorizing it's about encountering the plan in prayer and intercession before the throne that's how we've learned all this stuff 
We spoke, we all speak mysteries, and then God, over time, begins to reveal what we've prayed for over time, and, and all this stuff, all this insight, revelation we all get, that's part of the plan. It's not like you can say the plan in one sentence. It's massive. He reveals the segments, like, you know, the apocalypse and the, um, or, um, all the different types of revelations that are in Scripture. And then he has the timing of when they're released, the, the chronos and the kairos. It's all interconnected, but it's massive. So his ways and his thoughts, they are way above ours. I mean, we, if, you, if you go just to look, look in the bookstore and you think, man, I didn't know this 25 years ago. Man, it, it really is humbling. It really is. So here we have... This term, verse 12, praise the Lord, O Jerusalem, praise your God, O Zion. Now, listen to this. Think about borders, just saying. For he has strengthened the bars of thy gates. He has blessed your children within. There is blessing when the bars of the gates are strengthened. Children come forth. Okay, so look at that on the other side of this. If you don't strengthen the gates, now I know spiritually, yes, we're talking. I'm focused on physic physically here. All right, spiritual is yeah, I'm, that too. But think about what's happening in the state of Texas. You got the main government telling us we're not going to do anything down there, and then our local, our state government says, you know what, you don't do it, we're going to do it. We have to have borders. We need to strengthen our gates. When you don't strengthen gates, it's chaos. And when you see chaos, immediately you should see, oh, wait, we need to get the gates right. We need Lots of people don't be, it's, it's crazy. You know, we, we, we could walk out in the parking lot here and encounter all types of, of, of gates and doors. Every time we walk through the building, we have a door, right? I mean, it's, I say it's common sense, but it must not be so common. And I don't think anybody, and I'm talking also, as, as I'm saying these things, the applications are, are, are myriad. So I'm not just referring to the physical, uh, the spiritual too. So, because my mind's just going in all different directions with that. So, gates, very important. He makes peace in your borders. And he fills thee with the finest of wheat. There is great provision when we seal off our borders. Peace comes. And then the wheat, that's the provision part. The opposite is, have we, are we not seeing that? And, and again, you've got to be very careful with these things because you could say one thing that just infuriates someone. I'm not trying to infuriate anybody. I'm not thinking of any ethnicity. I'm not thinking of any kind of skin pigmentation here. We're just talking about biblical principles. In the New Jerusalem, it has what? gates <laughs> god is all about providing a safe haven for people you can't open it up so every tom dick and harry just walks right on through a country and then guess what they overtake it 
you provide all this free stuff for them, I, I, and I'm speaking to where I, where I work. Sometimes I wonder, Lord, I, I know I'm here for a purpose and I'm staying here, but, man, I can't take this free stuff anymore. These guys are locked up, and they got more stuff than a lot of people have in, that are paying taxes. That is not right. I'm just saying. Same principles apply in the church, too. Yeah, and it's I'm I'm hitting this really hard, but I mean it's it it we should the wrath of God is going to be revealed soon. The wrath of God is coming if our countries and our people do not change their ways. It's coming. Now, those that are in proper alignment will be fully protected. No fear. Well, I'm not living in fear either. I'm not living in fear of COVID. I'm not living in fear of the flu. Whatever virus comes 10 years from now, I'm not living in fear. We walk by faith, not by sight. We use common sense. We've always been washing our hands. We've always not been making sure, hey, I come over here and I blow, sneeze all over. I mean, that's common sense. Somehow the government's like saying all these great, grandiose things like nobody's ever done them before, right? That's what I'm thinking when I hear this stuff. And it's like, gee, Willikers, Batman, we've been doing this for millennia now. And, and all the restrictions and all the... We are living in the days of the modern prohibition times. <laughs> really, we are. You know, everybody wants to go back, well, you know, we were slaves, y'all, you people, you know, you're a bunch of white supremacists, you know, and uh, Abraham Lee. They want to go all the way. They're going back in the past, right? God says, forget all that. Learn from it. And people still want to live in it. We have the truth. And when we speak on his behalf, it is going to impact those around us. Again, I'm going to say it again. When in doubt, speak out. Do not lose your voice. Primarily in intercession but when we are out and I'm in the grocery store and that person beside me is just a murmuring individual that is being eaten up by the destroyer, you think I'm going to sit there and take it? I'm going to speak out and say, you know what? You need to be a little bit more grateful and thankful. Grace word, right? Everything we do and say, we can impact. That's where we have the most impact, I think. It's out in the marketplace. It ain't right. I mean, we can impact people here. But it's only a select few. When we go out into Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, there's a greater impact and a greater influence. Even those that are listening, greater influence. Don't get so caught up in, man, I don't have people alongside me. You've got God where you're, you're with him at his right hand when you're interceding. You're at the throne. You've got the whole angelic armies of heaven that are with you. Who else do you need? And you've got, you know, the Internet. You've got all, there's different things in place. And we need to provoke one another to agape. Say, hey, man, you know, I know there's space. I know we, we know there's distance, but that should not keep us from having the, the burning passion of the Lord flowing in and out of us to keep us moving forward. His agape is never going never gonna to cause us to want to leave the perfect pathway. And i got about 20 minutes left here. Now, this next section, well, we still got to read about the snow and the ice. Here we go. He sends forth his commandment on the earth. 
His word runs very swiftly. I'm, I'm grateful for that. He gives snow like wool. He scatters the hoarfrost like ashes. Okay, now you have to go look that one up. I did, but I won't tell you what it is. He casts forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? Say what? <laughs> he brings in standing before his cold. I don't. I don't have much to say. I just like I told you, ice, snow. Whose cold is he referring to? He's referring to the the thing that's been released by the Lord, right? He talks about snow and ice, and so there is in the midst of what we've been through across our state, from the north all the way to the south, was impacted. The deep south. Why ice? Why snow? It's just something to contemplate. I don't have a great insight here. I just want you to think about that in light of this. He sends out his word and he melts them. He causes his ruach to blow and the waters flow. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> it's got a little rhyme to it there. He sends forth his ruach to blow and waters flow. Man, we need to believe the Lord to blow his ruach. So waters, which waters are we talking about here? I don't know. It can apply in a lot of ways. It, we could be talking about the river that flows down from the throne into the earth and covers the earth, okay? Mind you, yes, his river is flowing in here from heaven, but that river is so much more expansive. Can you imagine the size of that river, the reach of that river all over the world? God wants that in every place. He wants that river to extend out and touch every, per, every grouping of people that are really going hard after him. It will reach to every place all over the earth. That's just, there's another mind-boggling thought. He shows his word unto Jacob, his statutes and his judgments unto Israel. He has not dealt so with any nation as for his judgments, they have not known them. Praise ye Yahweh. Now, Haggai had some powerful stuff. I have never really seen this here either. And I've got a long heading here, but let me read it, and then we'll read the passage together. This is Rasa in building the house of Yahweh and stirring of the Ruach of leaders and remit to action to build the house of Yahweh of hosts. There's a lot here, so let's read it. Haggai 1, in the second year of Darius the king, and in the sixth month, and in the first day of the month, the word of Yahweh by Haggai the prophet unto Zerubbabel, the son of um, Shetiel, the governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Hosadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speak Yahweh of hosts, saying, This people say the time is not come. The time that Yahweh's house should be built. Whoa. So here's this lack of understanding what? The time. And I know we're coming up on the seminars. That's the title. And I'm probably going to be sharing something with this at the seminar too. But very interesting. The people are declaring this. Oh, it's not time to do this. God's going, it is time. You're missing my timing here. Then the word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh, the plan of God, came to Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your... How do you pronounce that word there? 
I don't know. It's it's a really strange um, sealed houses, and this house lay waste. So the house of of Yahweh is is in in a desolate condition. It needs someone to pick up the task and begin building. Right? It's laid waste. People are going. It's not time. It's not time. Now, therefore, thus saith Yahweh of hosts, consider your ways. Derek, consider the pathway that you're on at this point. Consider the course of life that you're on right now. Consider your actions. There's another way of saying it. What are the people saying? It's not time to do this thing. And then, he, then God says, through Haggai, the Lord of hosts, actually, you have sown much, and you bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe you, you're, you, you, clothe you but there's no warm. And he that earns wages earns wages to put into a, big, into a bag with holes. Good grief. How would you like to work? And God's telling you, you got holes in your bag. Oh, wait a minute. That kind of comes across wrong. You got, but it's like putting money in a bag and there's a hole in it. It's gone. It's nothing. Thus saith the Lord. He says it a second time. Consider your derricks. Consider the pathway you're on. Three words from the Lord through Haggai. Now, verse 8. This is so important. Go up to the mountain, bring wood, and build the house. Now, God is action-oriented. He is not one to sit back in the lazy boy and do nothing. He's always working, doing, and he wants us to be the same way. So when he says, you, there's a lack of understanding my timing, it's time. Then he says, now I need action on your part. And that's what he's telling his people. You get off your butt and let's go to work. I'm sorry for using that word, but that's what he, that's what he said. Fred Sanford had a, another unique way of saying it. And I'm not going to use his terminology. Yeah, he said, if you, if you want to get on your feet, you need to get off your, you know what. And that's what really God's saying. Get off your, your backside, your posterior, and do something. And in this case, now, God's never told me to go up a mountain, okay? That's the first thing he said. That's rough. I mean, he didn't say go down into the valley. It's, easy. it's easier to go down a mountain than it is to climb up, right? So you've got some mountain climbers going on here. You've got to use every part of your body to be able to make this thing happen. And then... Once, you, once you're on the mountain, then you've got some additional action items here. He says, I need you to get some wood. Wood doesn't just, chop, uh, bloop, and there it is, right? If you've ever watched, I love the G, uh, National Geographic show where I watch the, um, the Alaskan shows where people are living in the bush and they're surviving. They have to do everything themselves. They've chosen that lifestyle. They, they know how to live and survive off what's, what's on that uh, that land they cut their own wood they make their own food they make their own clothes there's something to be said for that and what God's saying is I'm requiring a lot out of you he is 
He's requ- he requires a lot. Everything of who we are. He says, you'll, 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 you'll search for me and you'll seek me when you, find, when you search for me with all your heart. Not just partial, all. We got to be all in. Some people are not. They, on, on the weekends, they're all in, but uh, the rest of the week, pff, God ain't in, nowhere in there in their thinking. He's in the, that's why they can't find him, right? I'm just saying, they, these are principles. We have the treasure within us, and when you say that over somebody, I, w- I want to challenge everyone in this room to this, and I'm doing myself too. When you're crafting emails, I want you to think I am speaking truth in this email. When you are on social media and you're posting, speak truth. I just, sometimes we just, and just, just try, just do it, man. We, we want the, we want people to be impacted by what the Lord's doing, right? We want them to, uh, their, their intercessory gifts to come alive, right? It may take God's breath released over them in, in some kind of avenue like this, and it happens. You never know what, what might happen. Something might not happen, but you know what? Something could happen. Okay, let's keep going here. Now, as they go up the mountain, they bring the wood, build the house. These are all action verbs, too, which is really, really important. Then God says through Haggai, I will take pleasure, rasa. I'm delighted when I say this is what I'm doing, this is the time, do this, and my people do it. I'm absolutely delighted in that. And it's almost like I just paid off $10,000 in credit card debt. Oh, that's, that's the type of feeling that's generated within God's heart whenever we do this. You want to please, we want to please the Lord? This is it. When he speaks and says, now do this, do this, do this. When you do it, man, is he, I, I've never seen him spin, but man, he's got to be so delighted within his heart. And we get to feel some of that in us because he is there, right? That's phenomenal. And, I, and not only that, he says, I will be glorified, saith Yahweh. This is coming from the plan of God to his people during Haggai's time and even in our time. So when God says, now is the time, we go, right? Whether it's up a mountain, whether it's to India, whether it's to whatever, whatever he's asking us to do as a people and on an individual basis. We go, we, we don't do like um, Jonah. God said, go. Jonah said, I'm staying. Look what happened. God did not take delight. The principles are there. Rasah is not used. But the principles are there. It shows us very vividly. And the anger of the Lord. I mean, he gave him opportunity after opportunity, right? It, he, God doesn't present it one time to us and go, oh, I'm not delighted. No, he gives us opportunity after opportunity. And in verse 9, you looked for much, and low came to little. So God's given a further explanation of what was going on. And when you brought it home, oh, this is, this is incredible. I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because mine house that is waste, desolate, and you run every man into his own house. They weren't doing what the Lord said to do. 
It's the wrong time. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed. And that word for Hebrew word for stayed is uh, kalah, and it means there it's been restricted. Something's being held back or in. There's something's been prohibited from coming from the heaven into the earth. And he says, from the dew and the earth kalad from her fruit. The earth was not giving proper provision. Why? The people of God at this point were not obeying his voice and doing what he said to do. Blessing or cursing. That's it. There's no middle ground. Well, I think I'm supposed to be a female even though I'm a male. There's no middle ground. There's no gray area here. And he says, and I called for a drought. Does God create drought? He evidently, he said, I called for this drought, or it, really it's, it's desolation upon the land, upon the mountains, on the corn, the new wine, the oil, the ground, the men, the cattle, <laughs> the labor of your hands. He was, why would God, it sounds cruel, right? No, God was trying to get them to see they were not, actively doing what he said building the house of Elohim building the house of Yahweh they had stopped they were running away into their own little houses we could go all day on that our government is running into their houses locking their doors oh we, we don't want to seal the border off we're locking our doors though not wanting to do anything no action right Man, if somebody gets this, it may, uh, <laughs> this is serious business. We're, I haven't been this serious in a while when I'm, when I'm teaching, but this is something that's very serious and, and, and on the Lord's heart right now for all of his people to be actively doing. So the fact that nothing is going on correctly or functioning the way it's supposed to was, was an, an indication that they had strayed away from the plan that was it and they they weren't recognizing it i don't know how long this went on it doesn't really matter if it was a day or if it was two years and then it comes to verse 12 this is where we need to believe for this then zerubbabel the son of shetiel and joshua the son of hosadek the high priest with all the remnant of the people look at the the three groupings here the leaders and the remnant Shema, the voice of Yahweh, Elohim. They come to finally came to a point of recognition. We need to obey what? Washington, Joe Biden, Governor Abbott. I mean, we can insert any name there. Obey the voice of Yahweh, Elohim. What the plan of God is saying in conjunction with his heart, what his heart's feeling. That's what we focus on. And then you keep reading here. Um, I lost my place. And not only that, they obeyed the words of Haggai, the prophet. That's interesting, too, because there's only one man that comes to the forefront with the word of the Lord, the word of the plan. And so they recognize that. Yeah. Haggai did not have to go and, and remind everybody, hey, I need to, do I need to remind you, you know, the Lord gave me this word. And, uh, no, no, he had to, 
They knew. When God speaks through his people, and in the Old Covenant, he had specific people to do specific tasks. His spirit was not poured out um, on all, right? That came later. So they recognized it, and then it says, they recognized, uh, they listened to the words of the prophet as the Lord their God, Yahweh, had sent him and did fear before Yahweh. That is the type of fear that our government needs at every level, that every church needs at every level. There is no fear of Yahweh. There is no fear of his plan. And when you've got that, everybody's so concerned, so concerned about how big their church is, how many programs they've got, how much salary they're making every year, and they need to get an increase, 25% increase every year. God never mentions any of this stuff. He knows what we need, right? But somehow we think he doesn't know because we think, oh, I need this, right? <laughs> Malachi all over again. You're wearying me with your words, right? So I believe we're on the right course. And I know this sounds very um, caustic, but it's not towards us. This is let's look at all of this, let's speak it, release it, and then go and, and do likewise. And it just keeps getting better here. Then spake Haggai. Yahweh's messenger. What a title. Every one of you, we're all in that title. You want a title? Here it is. You are Yahweh's messenger. You have the plan of Yahweh inside you. Now go and speak the message. Tell people, you've got giftings there. One of them is called diverse tongues. What's that? Diverse tongues, here it is. Here, and explain it to them. That's Yahweh's plan. That's his intercessory plan for every person on this planet that will wake up and hear the message. We have that in us. Under the people saying, now look here, Yahweh's messenger in Yahweh's message. So you're the messenger with his message. Man, that's great. There's nothing better. Under the people saying, I am with you, saith Yahweh. And here's what Yahweh does. Yahweh stirred up the pneuma of Zerubbabel. Wow. That's what we're believing for. Our intercession is believing in this hour and in this time when people don't understand what God's doing and we do. We are praying this mystery into existence where God is going to be stirring up leaders all across this country in Washington, in our local government, in our state government. Every fabric of our society is going to be stirred. And when that stirring comes, they have an obligation to do something with it. It's not going to just be automatic. They will feel it. But they, they have to do something with it. Action. Go up that mountain. Bring that wood. If they don't, it's going to continue to remain dormant. And not only did they stir up Zerubbabel, but it says he stirred up the pneuma of Joshua, the son of Hosedek, the high priest. And he didn't stop there. He stirred up the pneuma of all the remnant of the people. He stirred everyone. This is internal. It's that part that he created for people to function and move in him. This is so important for all of us. And I pray that we would be stirred in a new way as well. As this is, we're the remnant, right? That's us. Stir us, Lord. 
Stir us and let us be a people of action as we move forward in the coming days. Don't ever let us be those that say it's not the time when you're saying this is the time to build. This is the time to plant. This is the time to water. And the Lord, he said, okay, I read all that. And they came, and look what happens. They did the work in the house of Yahweh of hosts, their Elohim. There's the action. So as they were stirred, they went, you know what? Stirring is not enough. I must do and build. I must climb that mountain. I must go and, and get the wood and bring it down and bring provision in the house for this thing to be built. Same today. Very same principles. And in the fourth and twentieth day of the sixth month in the sixth year of Darius the king. So I put him in brackets there. That is a prophetic release. We need to believe that Yahweh is stirring the Ruach of leaders and the remnant all across our country and across this world. Our intercession is doing that in this hour. That's one of the things I know he's doing. He's doing a lot of things. That's encouraging, isn't it? In the midst of all this crud, in the midst of everything, it's beyond hell in a handbasket. It, it's out of the basket. It ain't nowhere near it. There's no basket at all, really, if we keep going with it. We get, we're, so I'm hoping we're all encouraged. You know, I know I am just receiving this. Now, we have just a few minutes left, and I didn't even really get to focus on this. Thank God, you know, this is pretty graphic. And I had some stories I was going to interject, clean stories, of course. But go back and read this. Now, we'll end. I'm not going to read all this. There's still so much. Romans 1, I, I, had, I had really, well, I've read it, but whenever, whenever there's a time release of something to be um, awakened for you to see in the context, it's just off the charts. It's just like, was that passage there? I don't know. Romans 1, Paul starts talking about who he's, who he's talking to. He's, he's, he says, he, re, he talks about the calling to be saints here. He talks about prosuke prayers. He talks about um, wanting to impart pneumaticos gifts. And that, that impart there is an intense craving to impart something to some Intense craving. And then he talks about not being ashamed of the gospel of Christ, righteousness, the wrath of God, ungodliness, holding down the truth of the aletheia, and they do it in an unrighteous way. And then he goes in to verse 24. All of that's in one sequential chapter, and it's all connected. And then he goes into the principle here, and he talks about how the, these, these individuals, both male, men, and women, are, are, are changing the natural use of what God created them to be and do. And, and, and I'm not going to go through all that. You can read that. And then on the last page, Paul addresses the Colossians, and he says, you need to be seeking things that are above and setting your affection, phreneo, from friend, the midriff area. Okay, that's something that pastors already taught on there, but um, we need to be doing this, seeking after things above and setting our affections. They're two different things, but they're related to things that are above. Where? Where Christ sits where the anointed one himself sits at the right hand of God, where, where things are released prophetically, and then as that happens, there's an anointing that we receive for it. I, that's just really, that's really powerful. 
And then Paul addresses Timothy in the last days. He says, be ready, because in the last days, this is going to raise its ugly head again. And it's, it refers to nat, un, without natural affection. That's a different term, but it speaks of, of uh, being hard-hearted towards a kindred or towards a group. And that is happening all over the place. So, I am done. Any questions or further comments? I know this was a lot, and it should spur us all to think more and, and go back and, and really look at these things. So. Yes. Exactly right. It's interesting that you bring that because I, I forgot to write this down. I will later, though. But in Romans 1, verse 9, in the midst of all this, where this chapter 1 is, it says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit, my, my pneuma. I, I forget. <laughs> How do we serve God? Or, or our spirit, that part that he created. He knows we have a body, but he's not looking at our bodies. Thank God. But anyway, I'm turning this around. <laughs> when I was 250 pounds, I wasn't looking at your body. I'm looking at your spirit. <laughs> so we can all be great, but he's serving God. That, that's a, if you say that, if you were to put that on your, as a post on your Facebook, do a post this afternoon and say, I'm serving God with my spirit, period. I wonder what you would get back. I'm just saying that's how that's how foreign. I mean, spirit. Well, I've served God, but most people don't know when we intercede. When when that when when you let's say when you have a stirring, when there's a stirring in your spirit, like, and you feel that you can literally feel that stirring, and it's a, it's a stirring to intercede. You're serving God with your spirit. That's. And then when you do that, all kinds of things can open up. Vision can open up. It, it just, it's endless. It's limitless when we serve God with our spirit. We're not, just, not just our mind. Yes, our minds, we, we serve God there. But our spirit works kind of, I don't want to say independently. They're together. They're, they're together. But when I'm interceding, a lot of times my mind is not as fruitful as it should be. That's just a principle, too. So it kind of goes to what Nancy was saying. But that's a good point. Any any other? Okay. Yes, one. Whenever you're doing your work that you do, can you bring God into I have to. Every, every, yes, one. Every time I'm, when I'm, before I even leave, you know, before I get on a plane, you know, I'm praying, you know, because I know what I'm going into. But that was a that was and I knew I knew to some degree California is a very we all know that. 
Um, that's all I'll say. But I, I had not to that degree. I didn't know it was so widespread and rampant inside the judicial judicial systems that we have. I just didn't know that. It, yeah, and, and that's the most infuriating thing right there. It's like, I guarantee you, if you made them pay for every bit of this, they would not change their natural use. Some of them change it for different reasons. Some of them do it so they don't get beat up and killed in prison. Because that happens all the time. People get killed. Somebody creates a shank, they call it a shank. They stab them, kill them, and it's crazy. So, yes, I do that all the time, even when I'm in there, you know, and um, it's you, you don't want it getting all over you and just it's yeah i have to or i won't be able to endure it because god's spirit inside of us is just i mean just leaping is not the right word just going haywire on the inside of me It could be. I mean, do you think about, you know, what we do with our legs? I mean, I it's, mean, yeah. but yeah, that's it could. Mm -hmm. Basically. Mm -hmm. It could, yep. That's a good, that's a good point. Very good point. Because, I mean, you, you think about what he, what, what he was speaking through Haggai and saying, consider your ways, consider your pathway that you're on, which, you know, when you're walking down a, a pathway or well-trodden pathway is really what it means. You're using your legs, so. And then the horse, the horse would be because we know that how the strength of the horse, you know, even the strength of the horse, God doesn't, you know, take pleasure in that yeah. because it's because he's using his own strength instead of the strength yeah. of the Lord. Yeah, yeah. So that that's even right there too. Yep, another excellent point. Sounds like you you need to take it, take that and study it and run with it because those are good points. There there there's really a lot there. I mean, I'm going to spend a lot more time on the Haggai passage because that was. That was the, the one, the stirring of the noom, the stirring of the ruach within the, the leaders, the stirring within the remnant. Man, that's. So, anybody else? Okay, Tammy, who, who's next week? Uh, you want to? Cece. Oh, Cece, okay, good. Yes, she's our teacher. Uh, Mark, we feel your passion today for this teaching that you gave us about affections. what your job is um, and I feel that as a body here we really need to uh, cover you with prayer because yes. uh, uh, you're fighting hard spiritually and physically uh, in combat with the enemy and uh, we need to constantly lift you in prayer uh, that there's a covering of the blood of Christ over you yes. because um, it's what what I'm sensing is Mark. It's you know, and you do that for yourself. Uh, but I think that we as intercessors really need to take that to heart and recognize that you know you're in the lion's den and you go into it every week and uh, and you're fighting hard. But what's happening, Mark, is I feel like they just keep you know the strategy of the enemy is just to remember the expression wear out the saints mm -hmm. and uh, they're trying really hard to wear you down and wear you out uh, to try to 
find that little weak spot, you know, we all have them, but to find that little weak spot to kind of try to take you out. And so the reason I, uh, I nothing's going to happen. I'm just saying that I recognize that um, you need a lot of prayer, Mark. And I, it's not that I haven't prayed for you, but I feel a great urgency now about this. And uh, I think uh, I know that you're praying. Um, you you really are in the hornet's nest, mm -hmm. and so uh, you you really need to have a turning from the Lord. You really do, and so we need to really stand strong for yes. Mark. Father, I ask right now yes. that you would place a very strong hedge of protection mm -hmm. around this man of God. That no way can the enemy find that weakness yes. that God you will raise up one of us to in the night or during the day Lord you could call us into intercession to intercede at that moment for Mark because I know that they're looking for that weak spot and they're trying to get in and he is your he is your soldier he is your evangelist he is your intercessor but God, he needs not only the angels of heaven, but he needs that partnership with us and the ability for all of us to stand and encircle him with prayer. Because Lord, uh, they want to bring this mouthpiece down. They do not want these words released from the word of God. They do not want to hear the truth. And uh, even the smallest thing we need to take heart for, Father, don't let us think, oh, you know, somebody else is praying. Uh, we can't hand the baton off. We need to continually lift Mark and Trish, because there is one, and before your throne, Father. And we ask for that covering, and we ask for that uh, sound the alert, Lord, when he needs, uh, there's, there's like an opening that's trying to be penetrated, uh, to reach into his spirit and into his mind or into his body to disrupt and to try to throw him off target. And so, Father, I ask that you would raise us up and let us be those intercessors for Mark. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. You're welcome. Now, Stacy next week, uh, Stacy, Stacy next week will be with us. But I have been corresponding with uh, Monica Terrell. And, um, you know, I know that it's like a four to six week uh, recovery still. But she told me through, a, a, I think it was a text, I don't think it was an email, through a text that she is praying hard and working hard on trying to be here because she actually follows Cece. And I was just amazed. And I was like, oh my gosh, to get you back that soon? She said, well, if I, I'm trying. She says, I want to be there. But if I'm not, uh, it, less will cover for her. But I wanted to mention that to all of you because um, you know, I keep thinking, okay, bring her back, and then I keep hearing, yes, she's healing, she's recovering, but it just takes time. Mm -hmm. So she's determined. She wants to be here. We'd love to have her here. So we'll be praying for Monica as well because, I don't know, maybe it's that Sunday. Wouldn't that be grand? Yes. But I, I want it to be in the timing of the Lord. You know, yes. I don't want.